Welcome to the Apple of Truth, a weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while exploring potholes and diving deep into all the details you never knew you needed. I'm Vero. And I'm Lena. And we not only share a deep love for the show and its creators, but also for our glorious patrons who enrich our lives on more than one level. Today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 6, Vegas with some radish, which might have been the worst attempt at save Linda has ever performed. Ah, uh, listen, I had to Google radish because there is like a fifth. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that it's the word that I'm thinking of because radish and relish and ravish and all of these words, just if you don't hear them in context, sometimes it's problematic for me to put them into the correct category. What's the Czech word for radish? Řetkvička. Rettich in German. In this season two insert, spoiler, spoiler, we accompany Lucifer to Vegas this time, together with Ella, despite her personal history with the city. While saving Candy, a birthday Chloe throws a tantrum back in LA and talks both Linda and Dan into breaking and entering and drinking all of Lucifer's alcohol. Obsession of the week was a bit tricky, so... Well, what did you settle on? I was kind of going back and forth between Candy and Chloe because it was... He's obsessed with finding Candy, but he's also obsessed with not hurting Chloe. And he kind of does both. But he does hurt Chloe in it. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. He kind of finds Candy, but also hurts Chloe. But like with all the flashbacks and everything, it kind of is tying into the storyline of him trying to be to do right by her, to use his own words. So it's kind of like he's obsessed with being a better person than he thinks he is. So the obsession of the week is doing right by her, her being both Candy and Chloe. Yes, I like that. Yeah, thank you for wording this better for me. Are you okay with that? And that's completely obviously what I had written in my notes before we started (laughs) talking about this, because I would never come into a recording without an obsession of the week. Excuse me, we are over-prepared this time. I don't know what she's talking about. Like, we have never been this prepared in our lives. This is the second of the season two episodes they put in season three. The episode title is set by Chloe, which we're not counting because season three track. The episode was written by Ildi herself and fifth time writer Sherry Elwood. I'm not a fan of Sherry's episode so far because Sherry wrote Sweet Kicks, St. Lucifer, Lady Parts and Stewardess Interruptus. Mm-hmm. And we all know how I felt about the last one. And the first one. <laughs> the last one was the worst. Okay. We also have a fifth time return director with Karen Gaviola, who did Weaponizer, Love Handles, The Good, The Bad and The Crispy and They're Back, Aren't They? So from the cinematic point of view, high expectation. Mm-hmm. Delivers, yeah. One of the most important notes we have to make for this episode, the painting is back. Back in season two, episode 13, you and me talked about the gallery when Lucifer bought that painting. And we were wondering where he was gonna put it because he told the dude who gave them the information they needed to save Chloe. And back then we were talking about, okay, he promised the dude that he was gonna display the picture like he actually liked it. And so he really hung it next to his fucking bed. So I'm very, very happy we kept an eye out from that. So that is by far the most important note. A fun little note is later in the end when, later in the episode when Lucifer proposes to Candy that she spits the wine at him was improvised. 
Nice. Also, this is the first ever episode where we see Lucifer not wearing his ring, which makes sense because Candy fucking stole it off him. But this is notably the first instance where this is the case. Because if you remember back from the very beginning, I have repeatedly pointed out his ring and asked about it and wondered about it. Because even when he's dropped in the fucking desert and has no shirt or anything, the ring is always there. But so obviously it's not invisible or anything to humans because Candy stole it right off of him. So I find that very curious and I hope we get more about the ring because Lucifer obviously is attached to it. Yeah, he, it's emotional connection. He says it's himself. Yeah, and it's the only thing he brought from hell with him. So I'm really, really curious where the story with the ring is going. And this is one of the few instances where we have an actual mention of the relevance of the ring. I have a shit ton of more notes, but they all very specifically relate to certain moments in the episode so I left them where they belong. Previously on Lucifer. Lucy left for Vegas and came back with a wife. We fell in love with Candy but he only had her to scare off Chloe for Chloe's own good. Ella has an issue with Vegas. Lucy tried to show Chloe his devil face but it's gone and Chloe took it as him lying and got upset. The second we saw the callback to Candy I was ecstatic. I was so happy. Because we both loved her so, so much. We both loved her and we both said that we want to see a backstory of sorts. More about her. Just more. Give us an episode of Candy, I would quote myself. And you would be right. You cowards. I would probably add to that. And they did. And it made me super happy. I found it extremely sweet that in the first scene, everyone in the department sings happy birthday for Chloe, who is a former pariah in the fucking precinct. We can't forget that. So... That That was very sweet. She is back, proper back in the fold. She is part of the team. They care about her. So that was, that was very nicely done. Yeah, for sure. But also, did you notice that Dan is really bad at placing birthday candles on a cake? Oh my God. I've noticed the the random holes in it as they were doing like the aerial shot, would you call that, of the cake? It was so bad. And two of the candles ended up in Chloe's name. Although, you know, it's a lovely gesture. There is something really, really hilarious about this scene. And Uh I did not see it coming. And that is who booked the stripper. Yeah. So this big, big, big cake gets rolled in. And somebody hits the button. And 50 cents in the club starts playing. Such a horrible song. Which is the birthday song by 50 Cent. Which, yes, I have briefly considered doing my Devils in the Details on. And then I was like, yeah, no. Actually, no. That We actually have some really good songs in this episode. Let's not. But you were with me and Dan, right? Sure, it was Lucifer. Oh, absolutely. I was like, oh, the, at least Lucifer's cake is fun. And then in all caps, just, whoa, wait a second. It's not Lucifer. I totally thought it was Lucifer. I love that twist so much because I really didn't see it coming. And then Ella showing up with, make it rain, girl. I love her so much in this episode. She is incredible. And this whole situation sets the basis for everything else that happens in the in Vegas to like yes. actually work really, really well. Not that it wouldn't work without this moment, but this just gives it the zing that it is just what it it's just amazing. It's just so great. It just makes it that much better. Yes. That's which the... I'm gonna say it now because then I don't have to repeat myself throughout the episode, which is one of the reasons why we're now back to the quality 
we're used to. Yeah, exactly. I absolutely adore this. It's... Uh. While we're still in the precinct and while the... I forgot what Lucifer calls him. Like, thunder hips or something. Lightning I missed that. hips. <laughs> Lucifer has a hilarious... Snake hips. Uh, oh, yeah. Lucifer snake calls hips. the stripper snake hips because he really does the twerk. And Ella makes Chloe slap his butt and everything, which you're not supposed to touch the stripper. Don't do that. Like, boundaries. They're allowed to touch you. You're not allowed to touch them. No, 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 no. Bad behavior there, Ella. Shame, shame, shame. I mean, maybe it's her friend. <laughs> maybe. But, like, That's outside in the real world, please don't do this. Okay. <laughs> Lucifer gets a call and he doesn't recognize the number, so he walks off and he answers it. And the second he realizes it's about candy, he is invested. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that he cares so much for her even after they separated ways. Mm -hmm. Because this shows us the really, really sweet and caring side of Lucifer yeah. that tends to get overlooked. And that, for example, in the last episode, when Dan talks about Lucifer's life and Ames says what the lonely exists, Dan doesn't see this part of Lucifer. Yep. And so I found that this was actually a really well done fit because it is a season two insert, but this really is nicely placed for background information on Lucifer. So this really made me happy. And of course, the moment Ella comes into the room, she realizes something is going on with Lucifer. He's distracted. He's preoccupied. Even though she has said in the past and she says once again that Vegas is an issue for her, she says, hey, I'm coming along. I'm helping yeah and so i was very very much here for this team up listen we've seen them team up before and it was absolutely brilliant before we actually head on into the case i just want to point out the drinks that ella prepared that are in her office the colorful i totally missed that as Lucifer walks in on the like a light table that she has there, you have like little beakers and different sizes and shapes and everything, and they have like different colored liquids in them, and it looks like birthday gifts, like it's decorated there as well. Just shout out for Ella being super cool at what nine in the morning, ten in the morning, having all the drinks and everything, and stripper ready for Chloe's birthday because she just loves her so fucking much. I have a logic question. Yeah, is Chloe working today or is it her day off? I'd say it's her day off. I think that... Then why is she at the precinct? I think she just came in to pick something up or done get her in there under false pretenses in order to give her the cake. That I can actually see. Yeah. Yeah. Dan's like, oh, Lucifer, you always need to try to st steal my thunder. So he clearly has planned for this party. Probably not in this range. Let's put it that way, but... My next note is the moment where Lucifer and Ella are already in the elevator and Chloe tries to stop them. I'm gonna just disregard the conversation for one second just to point out as the door closes and Ella throws the handful of ones at the stripper as he is... How do you say that? Twerking on Chloe. Twer yeah, as he's twerking on Chloe. And it's amazing. Perfect moment. I have no disagreement. I also found it was really well done with Lucifer being deflective and not wanting to involve Chloe in any way, shape or form because obviously he does not want Chloe to find out what the matter with Candy is. Yes, that and also I don't think he actually wants her worried I think that's like genuine that he doesn't want her to worry about anything on her birthday, even though he doesn't really think this through because this is exactly what will make 
Chloe worry, yeah. I think it's both. It's one, he doesn't want her to worry on her birthday, but it's also the whole fake marriage with Candy and Obviously, everything. Obviously, yeah. He doesn't want to pop the bubble. That Chloe should never, never know. So we move on to the second scene. We arrive there and Lucifer instantly has to take out his phone and has a repeated message or contact attempt by Chloe. And Ella goes with fifth times the charm. So it's nice that we make sure to set up the consistency that Chloe is worried as early as this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I really it makes absolute that. sense, yeah. And then we get Ella describing herself in Vegas. She says she is being a tiny helpless space capsule being sucked into a deadly black hole, which is a setup for something that I feel we get to see a little bit in this episode. I really, 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 really need an Ella-specific episode because all these hints that we gotta get and it starts here. There's so many, yeah. That it's something bigger than we can ever imagine with this such a beautiful, sunny and positive person that Ella has been on our screen so far. She seems to come from so much darkness that it is very curious and interesting how she became so light. And also it's very beautiful that she is able to be that light. So yeah, that's one of the reasons why I love her so much is that from how did she the get biggest there? darkness, the brightest light arises. But how did she get there? Like I want Yeah. I want more. Yes. I focused more on her description on Vegas because clever cigars and vomit sounds like a fetish club. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I did not think that through. <laughs> okay. So they walk into the hotel. What what is the fuck this what the fuck is the story with this? Like they just walk into the crime scene. Nobody even asks. They're walking to Candy's room. Apartment, yes. Yeah, Lucifer knows where she lives. Yes. But like they just walk in with the dead body there and nobody even asks. Yeah, because the Vegas police is not as competent, which is why Ella has to help them out so much. Well yeah, of course, but like it's just it drove me into caps lock because I was just like Dude, just two random people walking up to the dead body that they discovered. Like, what? What if they're there to steal evidence? Or what if they're... What? They're not good at their job, which is why Ella has to help them and Lucifer is gonna solve the case for them. That is true. I also have to say, for a second, I was worried that it was Candy. And I felt that this was really, really well done. Mm-hmm. And I remembered when I was switching the first time. I, I remember that it wasn't her this time, but yeah. Then we get the title card and it's just, it's so, I love it. Is the feed comment before or after the title card? I forgot that. Pretty sure it's before the title card. Because that's just, Candy has ginormous feet. <laughs> And then we get the title card and then they, they're all giddy about it. And finally the detective comes up and is like, oh, who are you? You're not supposed to be on my crime scene. It's like, yeah, dude, they've been there for 15 minutes. Well, not 15 minutes, but yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they already got a chance to, like, take a very close look at the body. The dude, did you write down the detective's name? No. Yeah, Utterly irrelevant. Yeah. He calls them out and Ella is very good at like thinking on her feet, which makes me think that she's going to be very good in the casinos and everything. She is so good instantly catching on that Lucifer is the fucking prime suspect in a mm-hmm. normal case. And she instantly clears him, gives him an alibi, sorts all that out. And also she keeps him from revealing 
that this isn't candy. So yeah. Ella is a fucking pro in all the levels in this episode. Yep. And I love it so much. And the entire situation where she takes a dig at the Vegas PD yeah. and the way they're gathering evidence and she proves her competence immediately while managing to do all the misdirection so Lucifer doesn't have to lie while also charming the detective into just letting them walk out. It was just brilliant. It was a masterpiece. It was really, really well done. Moving on to Linda. She is back. My first wonderment was, is Chloe really stalking Lucifer on her birthday? Yes, she is, turns out. And for me, even had I not known this was a season two insert, this felt so out of season three because in season three, she would not care. She would be preoccupied. She would not go on this in-depth spiral emotional wreckage because Lucifer left on her birthday. Yeah, I think that we got her a little bit more resolved by the end of season two. So she wouldn't actually go into the whole spiral as you think. She's more secure. At this point in season three, she also doesn't care as much anymore because she's actually over it but in this moment in this episode Chloe has like a slight kind of PTSD from Lucifer running off the last time mm-hmm. which fair enough which in the setting of season two fits in perfectly and makes absolute sense to me so this was one of the few moments where you really could tell this was an insert mm-hmm. but it took nothing away from this great great scene Chloe sitting on the couch going Oh, wow. Good couch. And And Linda going, I know. (laughs) And I mean, come on. Linda is not only an amazing therapist. She's also a great friend, Mm -hmm. a wonderful person and just such a good being that she's like, do you want me to come with you? Yeah, she is brilliant. But to me, this scene mainly screams at me that the character that possibly needs therapy the most out of the entire lineup, if we exclude Lucifer, is Chloe. Yes, And she is not getting any. And I'm not just talking about therapy, but like, yeah. (laughs) Well, sometimes sex can count as therapy. And she's not getting either. She's not getting either. In the end of the scene, we get Linda being amazing and being there as a friend and as as an emotional support to Chloe. And it just made me all nice and warm inside. So, so much. We switch back to Vegas and we talk about leads. We already know from the previous Candy episode that Candy was indeed tied up in some curious business. And both of us were like, yeah, I kind of wonder what she was involved with. And I really appreciate that we get more background information. Mm -hmm. Yep, I'm very happy. Before we actually moved in there, we have the little chat in front of a hotel. And this is the moment when I finally got a chance to read Ella's t-shirt. And it says heavy metals. (laughs) It took you that long. (laughs) It's just, well, I mean, I've noticed it before, but I didn't actually stop it the episode when I could see it so I didn't actually read it well that's what I did here but yeah so it says heavy metals and it has a little two little like um, what's the name of the table? Elements from the periodic table. Yeah, yeah. So like the elements from the periodic table, one of them says PB, which is lead. 
and the other one says ZN, which is zinc, and it's beautiful, and it's nerdy, and I really, really appreciate it. I just wanted to give that t-shirt a shout-out, and I kind of want it now. It's an actual shirt. Like, you can have this. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Because I've seen this shirt on events and everything long before Lucifer was a show. We then move over beautifully into the flashback. Mm-hmm. And first and foremost, oh my god, she is a great singer. Absolutely. Yeah, Lindsay Gort is the actress of Candy. And she performs for us a song called Fever, which originally is by John Davenport and was sang by Little Willie John. And if you want to know more about this song, tune into our bonus because I have picked this one for my Devils in the Music. Little Willie John? Yep. That's the name? Yep. <laughs> Okay, I'm just gonna anyway, let that stand. Exactly. Anyway, this version of the song has been included on the Lucifer soundtrack, so we actually get this version on our playlist. Lucifer, of course, looks like fucking shit because it's just when he ran off to Vegas. Yep. And while he talks to the psychic bartender, Candy starts moving towards Lucifer. And this scene is so well done. Mm -hmm. There's so, so little dialogue because it's mostly the song that's playing and that she's singing. And then she starts funneling him. And it's obvious that she's gonna steal shit from him. But still, it's so fun to watch and I really, really, really enjoy it. And she not only stole money from him, she fucking stole the ring and that part I did not see coming so obviously this is the first moment in the entirety of the show that we see Lucifer without the ring yep I adore the fact that Lucifer, unlike any other dude that's been just robbed slash conned or whatever, is not angry. He's intrigued at all. He has reserve cash. He has emergency cash where I don't want to know where he keeps that, where she didn't get to it. But don't you? it's a lot of cash. It's a big wood of cash. Wood? Wood. We move out of the flashback. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, he will be getting the ring back in the flashback because not only now does he have the ring but he also in all had the, the ring previous all along, episodes yeah. had the ring. So I actually have a quick question. Yes. Is the dude that Lucifer saw asking for the money in the flashback is it the dude that Lucifer gives the briefcase yes. way back when? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just wasn't 100% sure. I didn't double check. But I yeah. didn't double check but I'm 100% sure. So I'm okay. just gonna put it out there. Yes. So when we come back we see them sit in the car the fucking beautiful car and that is me on this scene because I'm sorry I just had to say that fucking car my obligatory shout out we move on to dead Louis' place Ella fucking picks the lock and I'm gonna say it now because only you said it this episode I want a proper Ella backstory and this is apparently the hill I'm gonna be standing on the entire season. I have two hills actually. One is Ella backstory and two is Dan is a good human. Be nice to him. Mm-hmm. So these are my two hills and I will die defending them. Mm, okay. I'm not gonna be the one who kills you. I think the show will do that for me. Probably. <laughs> I never get anything nice. <laughs> <laughs> Entitlement bitch. But of course not everything about this episode is perfect. I mean nothing is ever perfect is it? 
And my first complaint, because in case you hadn't noticed, so far I haven't complained and we already recorded for quite a while. So my first complaint mm -hmm. is why is Lucifer touching stuff at the crime scene? There is a fucking dead body. Why are they so careless? Ella knows better. But besides this one tiny complaint, I instantly return to squealing fangirl mode because once again, Ella saves the situation by taking over the phone and by recognizing a slot machine on sound. Yep. And I was just, what? I mean, yes, okay, it's a vintage slot machine and one of a kind and yada, 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 but still. How or why would she know that it's in that casino unless she's been there before? Why would she know where it is? Why would she recognize the sound? And why would she be so familiar with slot machines in general? So she definitely is an enigma wrapped in a hoodie with a jaunty ponytail. Absolutely. Yeah, this was pretty much my exact notes. So we may move on to the next scene. We go back to the penthouse. In the first part of this scene, we see like sets of bags in the middle of the room and the overnight bag is missing, which considering that Ella didn't seem to have anything with her like she was wearing the same clothes when they arrived to Vegas as she was in the precinct I did not think that they stopped to pack so Neither. that was kind of surprising to me and if they actually just stopped to pack in the penthouse and didn't actually get any shit for Ella I feel like it's very much luciferish but also okay <laughs> I'm pretty sure the dress she's wearing later was simply bought by Lucifer. Yeah. I mean, no, I don't think so. Because he was surprised that she was wearing it. So I... She did not go home and pack it. I'm pretty sure. Or she may have purchased it for herself. I see it more like, okay, we need to dress up to infiltrate the casino. Here's my black Amex. Yes. Go so shopping. he didn't actually, didn't actually know what she bought but he knew. he didn't buy like he bought it for her but by proxy like yeah, he paid yeah, yeah. for it i'm okay with that so we're still in the penthouse chloe and linda decide that this is the best place to have the birthday party because amazing view and free great booze absolutely and we get one of the best montages that we could and we get the montage of them drinking with a song called i love me by megan Trey. It's just perfect. And then we get my favorite bit of one of the many favorite things of <laughs> this episode for me. And that is Chloe's impression of Lucifer, where she sits down behind the piano and goes, I'm Lucifer Morningstar. I'm a fancy British man and I play piano. There are so many brilliant moments. And I do wonder, is Chloe wearing Lucifer's shirt and socks? Yep. She is. And she's not wearing pants. After all these shenanigans, the phone rings. And it's like in the best moment ever. Like Lucifer has the best timing. Because speak of the devil and then he calls. Yep. We get this little short flip back to the casino and then yep. we're gonna go back to this scene. So just I absolutely adore the way Lucifer behaves towards Ella. So now we just get a little during the conversation we see Ella coming down the stairs Escalator. and holy shit she looks absolutely stunning. And Lucifer's reaction is very much appropriate. It just feels like a very much like 
like a sibling love. Like she's his little sister that he's taking care of. That's yeah. the vibe that I get from them. And it just makes me so happy because Lucifer doesn't have that type of a relationship with anybody else we've seen so far. And it's another human connection that Yeah. And then like we have a very nice connection with Candy later on that I want to talk about later but like this relationship between Ella and Lucifer as it was set up before and it is deepened in this episode is just something really really nice and warm heartwarming for me yeah it's wholesome it is it's beautiful we go back into the penthouse after the call ends more or less and Chloe asks herself why do I even care and I say yes why do you even care I'm pretty good with what they go through in the scene the whole I don't really care but at the in the end he is my friend and it is my birthday and I would like him to be here I don't think that she 100% realized that this is what she wanted either until I agree with she that. was yeah. sitting in the penthouse and she was like well why do I care so much why is it so upsetting for me that he is not here? And I'm like very much happy with the emotional process that she goes through in this episode. So I'm good with the emotional process. And I love Linda for instantly saying emotions are not stupid because emotions are not stupid. Emotions simply are. If you act stupid because of your emotions, then your acting is stupid. But your emotions in itself are not stupid and people should not call their own emotions stupid. But I also think that one of the consequences of this should be for Chloe to Go be therapy? more vocal. Yes, and to go to therapy, but also to be more vocal because once you realize what you want, you cannot hope and wait and expect other people to know what it is you want because, bitch, you didn't know it yourself. How should anyone else know it? So verbalize, verbalize, verbalize. Please make it easier for the people around you to actually know what you want because then, surprisingly, they might actually give it to you. While this whole emotional scene happens, we move over into the bedroom and there is the painting. And I love it so, so much that the painting is there. The painting falls down and reveals the safe. And I saw the safe. They're like, oh, fuck, it's a safe. That's going to be something really cool in it. And I'm like, yeah, no. Lucifer doesn't really keep the important shit in his safe. He kept the blade inside the wall. I'd be more worried when they damage the wall that there's going to be something more important important in there a hole behind the hole or something pandora's box or something we move back to las vegas and this is one of the moments i know that last episode i ended my conclusion with maybe there's an ildi episode around the corner that will get me back on track and these moments in the writing are exactly what i was longing for because it just flows so easily it is it feels so organic and it feels so in character. Mm -hmm. And when they talk about bluffing and lying, totally different things, it's selective omission and Ella calling him out on that. It made me really happy on the quality of writing, but it also made me really happy because remember when we started doing this podcast? No, I don't actually. When was that? No, but not, not the date when we remember. But do you remember in the beginning when we started doing this podcast? Of course I remember. <laughs> I had an obsession. Yes, you did. With Lucifer and lying. And mm -hmm. at some point I gave up because you kept insisting that omission and evasion and all of this was not to be counted as lying. And I just want to point out that once again, Ella is on my side. And once again, Lucifer is on mine. And this moment, at the very end, he realizes it is the same thing. And yes. thus... However... 
I was right in the beginning. I just want to keep this for the record. Okay, I'm going to for the record say that <laughs> we are not talking about what anybody else but Lucifer considers lying. And that's what we were talking in season one. And that's what we are talking now. And that's what we're going to talk at the end of the episode. Because that changes. And Lucifer, until this point, did not consider bluffing or selective omniscience as lying. So, yes, you're right. He decides or realizes that it's probably not the best thing in the world. But at this very moment, he is still on my side. Ella is on mine, so I'm happy with that. Also, I think this is about the moment where they are moving over and Ella is so focused on the blackjack table and the blackjack game that my first assumption was, is she a gaming addict? Yep, same. Because she is so twitchy and hyper-focused and... And she doesn't actually want to sit down herself at the beginning because she knows that she is being tempted to slip Yeah, this was really interesting to me because in the beginning I wasn't sure where they were going with this. She then slips into Lucifer's chair and they get pinned immediately. And I appreciate that actually that gets called out how Mm -hmm. long it took them to be pinned. And one of my few complaints, I feel like Ella should have told Lucifer that she was on record there. I think that she was just trying to avoid him not letting her go in. But at the same time, it did did get them in the same room with herself, with what's her face. So, I mean, I think it could have been a calculated risk that she took. And yes, she didn't tell him. Yes, she could have. But then again, Ella loves to drop little snippets of herself, but she doesn't really share much, does she? She talks a lot without actually saying something, which is a very interesting character trait and just makes me more curious about her. Yes. Do you remember a few episodes ago when I went onto a short detail tangent with the jacuzzi? I have it written down right here. I love that Lucifer is using it now. That's just... The the two of them are just so good together. Yes, they they just work really amazing. I only have one final remark. Mm Mm-hmm. I was extremely confused by the tight grip this woman has on her emotions. Mm. Because even if they weren't close, she and her husband, and she knew that he cheated on her and she cheated on him, I still would react a little bit more of reaction than what she shows. She is an ice block. And so that I found very intriguing. And I was curious if that meant something more. But then it became clear very, very fast that she has nothing to do with anything. But yeah. I found it really surprising. And then we get the whole, what is your desire? And then she really just wants to bone the dude she has been stalking for two days. I find it interesting. We It's been a while since we had like a sexual desire revealed through this contact. Usually it's like, I want to do this with my life and I want to go take a shit in the middle of a square or whatever. It's just been a while since we had a primal desire, like sex being revealed yeah. by Lucifer. So there was a kind of a nice thing yes. for me to see I appreciate the basics. It. Return to the basics. Sometimes it's nice. We now go into breaking into the safe scene. And I only have one note and it's all caps because I did not expect Dan to be there. So when the reveal happens that Dan is there, I was laughing so hard. I had to pause the episode. I had to restart the scene. And then I had to take my note because 
Dan is with them and he's helping them break into the fucking safe. This is life. I adore this fucking episode. This is all brilliant. Do you know, I love this whole setup, the beginning of the scene. We spend quite a while on Linda and Chloe trying to figure out the number combination. It and boop. then Obviously. And Chloe coming up with different reasons why she actually needs to break inside the safe. Clearly they're drunk and having fun and it's amazing. But to me, the image of this all happening while Dunn is sitting on the exactly. step with the drill in his hand, it's quietly... So the entire fucking scene and then he just stands up like I'm gonna do this for you and it's just hilarious image for me it's so good I it's just so I good, love yeah. it so so much it's really really well done yep we then return to outside of the Moonbeam Casino. Mm-hmm. We obviously get a Rain Man reference because Ella was counting cards. If you want to know more about the actual science behind counting cards, because you don't have to have a special brain to do it, listen to the Devils in the Details, because that's where I talk about counting cards, what is that actually, and how does it work. It's very cool. Now, Ella mentions something in yes. their conversation, which is a big, big thing for me. And it kind of goes into the theory of Ella having special perception. She says that she hears voices or that she this... does things to quiet the voices. Exactly. That counting cards helps quiet the voices. And which when makes Lucifer sense. tries to zone in onto this she very quickly deflects and tries to normalize it like everyone has stuff like this and la 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 and so I'm really really curious where we are going with this because throughout the show until this moment we have had tidbits of a dark past of Ella mm-hmm. with her criminally inclined brother with apparently a grandmother that exists with her finding faith as something that helped her focus her life with I heard that with her having a very very gray past when it comes to certain activities and skills and everything so oh boy let's see where this is going also I have to say I do not remember any of these like the voices reference and stuff I don't don't remember that from my first watch so I really do wonder where this is gonna lead yeah and I, they need to tell us so I made a, another remark about how Lucifer shares with Ella and how intimate it feels it feels the- more sibling like than he and Ames sometimes yeah like the amount of information that he shares with her mm. it's just something that is really nice and again I am repeating myself this episode but I really 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 appreciate that also acting wise I love the differences between the intensity levels because last episode I went into great detail and repetition about the acting chemistry between Trisha Halfa and Tom Ellis and those two have such an intensity between the two of them but Amy Garcia and Tom Ellis together have such a levity between them it just it's such a joy to watch them interact yep and I just love how different but all still amazing these kinds of connections are between them Mm -hmm. so I really really love this we move into our next flashback which I of course also kept in this scene Mm -hmm. I 
fucking adore the fact that she comes home, turns on the light, and he is there. It is such classic Lucifer behavior. Yeah, we haven't seen him break into random people's apartments in a while, so it's lovely to see that again. Keep in mind, he magicked himself in there because this is set... He didn't have wings back then. Yeah. So this is another situation. How did he manage to magic himself into places? Yep, absolutely. And then we get to see the whole act of candy in works. But I kind of love that they make it so it's not really 100% believable for us as a viewer. Because because we already know. We already know. So we are watching and we are in the know. And also, I really appreciate that Lucifer immediately sees right through the waterworks and acknowledges that the story itself seems like it has some merits to it. Yeah. And so we get into this heartfelt, beautiful scene where we listen to the Rolling Stones waiting for a friend and we're drinking champagne and eating ice cream. Also, just before you move on, I love that we get this reconfirmation what a brilliant actress Candy is. Yeah, absolutely. Because we talked about this in the previous Candy episode and this is the type of consistency that I'm here for. Yes, I agree. Now we're watching this scene and it's extremely precious. We've seen Lucifer oversharing with strangers before. Yeah. And usually he would overshare with girls that don't really care or people who don't really listen or nobody who actually takes them seriously. But that's not Candy. Candy is actually paying attention to what he's saying. And maybe she's not 100% on board with everything he says, but she is smart enough to see the important things in what he says. And that, again, sets up their relationship, which, as I said before, is something that I want to talk about. Because as much as Lucifer is being open and honest with pretty much everybody in his life, not everybody gives him back this intelligence and... And interest. Interest. And it's just beautiful to see that he finds a friend. Immediately they click and it works for both of them. And it's just a different type of relationship, but as beautiful and heartwarming as his relationship with Ella is. But also I feel that sometimes when Lucifer interacts with people, you can immediately see that there is no sexual connection. And sometimes the sexual connection is always there. And I feel like Ella and Candy are in the... There is no no fire, no sizzle mm. in between. But genuine care and love for your fellow person. And with other people, he has this more electric connection and so I really love that Lucifer who is repeatedly being portrayed as being hypersexual also gets these softer moments mm-hmm. and I mean it doesn't get much softer than having a blanket with arms and a top of ice cream and a listener that actually cares about what you're talking I adore this and The moment where he again voices the I just want to do right by her speaking about Chloe is just so nice because this is the Lucifer that we love and know and that we want to see evolve. Yes. And it's beautiful. And yes, the reasons he's doing this for may not be always the best, but he does it with only the best intentions He comes from a place of care and love. Yes, he really believes that this is the best thing that he could do right now. And then the moment comes where I kind of 
thought that he would take the blankie off for the proposal, but then he doesn't, which <laughs> makes it so much better, but also so much more practical. I love it. I love it. The whole situation is precious. And he proposes to her and she spits the wine. His reaction is wonderful because improvised. I have a final question for this scene. Mm -hmm. When they talk, Lucifer says that they have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. Besides Candy's ginormous feet, does that mean Lucifer has tiny feet? I don't know. I don't think so. If big feet is something they don't have in common and Candy has ginormous feet, oh. that must mean Lucifer has tiny feet. Or maybe he doesn't deem his feet as ginormous in comparison to his body and he's just taken the piss. I like my version better. I know you do, but mine is probably more realistic. So you're against putting this on the question list? Does Lucifer have tiny feet? Yes. Now, after this beautiful scene, the flashback fades back out. We are back in front of the moonbeam. And... Who shows up? Nobody else but Candy, Candy herself. And in disguise. We saw her before. We did? Yes. And I only realized it on this view and when she actually shows up there. Do you remember when they're actually sitting at the table? The one who gives him the drink? Yes. And now we have a brilliant description of the woman I referred to as an ice block earlier. She's as passionate as a protein bar. Oh yeah, that's brilliant. And that was just like, oh my god, this is the Lucifer quality of writing I have been missing. <gasps> Yay, go Ildi. Now we get to move to the phase of explanation of what happened with Candy. Yeah. And Candy calls Ella Lucifer's sidekick. And I really appreciate that Lucifer immediately says that it's not that way, that she is definitely not a psychic. Also, I appreciate the twist that Lucifer as widower now owns Fletcher. And of course, since Chloe is not in Vegas... He is utterly invulnerable. Now we can move on to Tom Ellis actually performing a song. According to IMDb, in a previous interview, Tom Ellis has said that the filming of the Luck Be A Lady cabaret scene is one of his favorite moments of filming. I believe him very much so. Again, this is one of the songs that have been on the soundtrack that has been released in August. So it is now in the Tom Ellis's version on our Spotify playlist. And I'm only gonna say it now so I don't feel bad about it and I will promise not to keep harping on about this. I hate this song. I hate the lyrics with a passion. I hate everything about this song. The backstory behind it and everything. Period. Okay, period. <laughs> now, they do give us beautiful dance number. And Ella as one of the showgirls. It's oh, so good. She's so bad. It's so wonderful. Her high kick. Her high kick is perfect. Her feathers punching Lucifer in the face. Her going in the wrong direction. It's so good. It's very good. It's greatly choreographed because clearly Amy Garcia can move. And I love oh, how Ella yeah. simultaneously looks absolutely terrified and uncomfortable. And at the same time, she looks like she absolutely belongs on that stage so it's just kind of really weird when she just smiles and like gives us a pose it's oh yeah she's definitely part of them and then in the split of a second she just goes into this terrified face expression like 
what's next? I have no idea what I'm doing. But also, for the record, neither of us would be able to learn that routine that quickly and that level of quality. Oh, so, of course. us saying that she's doing bad is coming from a very, very high horse. She's doing bad on purpose, like... This was the moment, by the way, where I realized it was the bartender. Oh, okay. Because we see him in a very, very quick frame. Mm -hmm, that is true. And he has This no relevance in that scene. And so the only reason why he would be in a frame for a moment is if he was the bad guy. And so that was what I realized. One of my favorite things in this scene is the banner that just says under new management. <laughs> And it's like, you know, the whole, I think that you've made yourself kind of known by now. It's fine. Yeah. It's just a really well done scene and it's a great plan and it's hilarious. And I love the entire dance number and everything. Now, we go for the penultimate time into the penthouse. And can I just say, Linda, you're my type of girl because I have a lot of experience with giant holes. Are you reading dot, out my dot, notes? Dot, dot, in walls. Yeah. <sighs> Chloe starts being super rational and I hated it. It was like, come on, Chloe, stop being rational. This is fun. But she does mention that this is an Assyrian antique wall and I appreciate the fact that I categorized that correctly. I don't know, about 10 episodes ago. <laughs> I'm proud of you and you are correct. You. you were proud of me at the time already. So I know, I no know. No needs, yeah. I have to object because you say she is so rational. She is trying her hardest not to dissolve. And while she talks... And this, and it's been such a while since she got the opportunity. This is acting by Lauren German that I want to see more of. And the last few episodes, she definitely did not get the opportunity to do this. And this moment showed me how much I miss it. Mm -hmm. Because while she tries to keep talking in this rational level, you see her emotions literally welling up in her eyes and she starts silent crying without it actually affecting her voice. Mm. Which, in my opinion, is really hard. So... And then Dan shows up and he has the thingy in his hand and props to Dan for not making a big thing out of Chloe sitting on Lucifer's bed and crying. And then they clink glasses that he has to clink with the material. And it's just, this broke my heart. This broke my heart on so many levels because Dan is a good bean. Lauren German is an amazing actress. And the content of that scene was really good. It was. And for the fifth time, it's Spuckle. I'm not gonna remember. Okay, never mind. Yeah, it's really, really lovely. I know that she's like being a little sad at this moment. And yes, my rational remark was just coming from the point of view where I wasn't comfortable with Chloe getting emotional pretty much <laughs> and I just Are you wanted not to... comfortable with emotions? I don't know what she's talking about. I just wanted to go back to the happy drinking Chloe because that's what I wanted to have fun with. I know it's completely selfish and it's a beautiful moment but here we are. Ben ultimate scene. And as you said from the beginning, because you were like, I know the actor, he has to be important. And as I mid episode realized, it is the bartender. Yep. I was wondering, I imagine it must be very frustrating to repeatedly shoot someone and have them not die or even bleed. <gasps> I imagine so, yes. <laughs> Probably a little bit. And I also, I really, really want to point this out. The cinematography and the idea with Candy in the several mirrors. And Beautiful. I think... Beauty. So my thing in this 
moment was when I was watching this before I watched the cutscene. I was like, was this part of the plan for her to show up in the mirrors because oh, no. we get little bit where she kind of almost comes out and, and Lucifer's like no 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 go back. back and then she catches on yes and what confirmed this theory to me is the fact that in the cutscene we think that they caught her already yeah. So there is no reason for Candy not to be just walking around. And she just randomly, as it turns out, it works out really well that she shows up in the mirror. Yes, as you said, the cinematography of this is beautiful. And it's really well done. Lucifer plays him like a fiddle. And so it just made me so fucking happy. And I got a Candy joke, which I super appreciate because they did not forget to drop at least one in this episode. When the bartender starts shooting at the mirrors lucifer says you're like a kid in a candy store i was hoping you would miss it <gasps> i would never miss that i loved it no but i really love that candy also is that quick to catch on yes because it sure. fits with her character because she is that competent and everything and i had no knowledge of the deleted scene so even without that it all made amazing sense mm -hmm. and yeah I love also that Ella is the one to shoot a dude in the fucking leg. And again, with the cutscene, knowing that she wasn't there from the beginning because she yeah. was dragging d Rosemary away. <laughs> Makes absolute sense. And I really appreciate how they wrap it up. We then go outside of Fletcher's and like the police is there and Ella is flirting with the Vegas cop. And I kind of have to say, I'm here for it. And I'm here so for much. the two of them hooking up. Oh my God, so much and of course we get a final really sweet interaction between lucifer and candy mm -hmm. and i'm gonna say it for the final time i fucking love candy yeah, such a great same. character everything is wonderful about her yeah and lucifer whistling at ella to get her back is absolutely she is a puppy she is a fucking puppy a Let's little bit it. her flexing in front of the detective because she's so fucking awkward when she's trying to flirt and it's just it's hilarious and beautiful at the same time and like just made me so happy mm. and now it is time for the final scene and as we go to that scene we have our final song it's called restless and it is by cold war kids which is a repeat artist by the way and it obviously fits really beautifully with this scene and now if you want to take it away so beautifully that i didn't actively notice it <laughs> Nice, so it really sneaks in. Yep. I love the fact that Lucifer comes back and he realizes that his place has been fucking wrecked. And he walks up into his his living room and he sees Linda and Dan completely knocked out. He takes up Linda's hand, I presume to check that she's still alive. Probably. And just drops Linda's hand on Dan's face and there is no reaction at all. So Isn't Dan wearing Linda's glasses or something? Yes. Oh my god. So beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I absolutely love how their party apparently ended. Yep. I also want to note, this is now the second time Chloe is drunk and sleeping in his bed. Ooh, did not make that connection. Of course, she is not actually asleep because she's gonna hear everything that Lucifer says 
That was my note. I was just, when he starts talking, I'm like, please fucking tell me she's awake. And while it is, to be honest, a kind of cheap shorthand, it fit in this moment. So mm-hmm. I didn't mind it. Usually this would be something I complain about. But in this case, it really fit. Mm-hmm. And him explaining why he behaved the way he did and verbalizing his realization that maybe bluffing and lying are indeed the same thing. And he doesn't want to do that. Also, by the way, beginning, we were like, can't he lie or doesn't he want to lie? And it's a not want, not a I can't. Mm-hmm. So is it, it is his choice. It is his choice, which also speaks for his principles and morals and everything. And then he checks out the safe wall and Chloe uses this to awaken. I had totally forgotten what was in the safe. And so when he opens the safe and he goes, oh, it's really fitting, blah, 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 because I wanted to give you this in private. <laughs> Yes. Uh, no, it's just so hilarious what he tells her about the necklace. It's so great. And he goes like, it's so fitting because I wanted to give you this in private. I was like, okay, so is this going to be like intimate or is this going to be ridiculous? Or like, I, let's see where this is going because with Lucifer, you never know. <laughs> but the whole sense of the interaction between the two of them in this moment is so sweet and soft and intimate and then he opens the safe and he takes out the the present and the fact that her present was in the safe and she was trying to break into the safe to figure out what Lucifer was hiding from her is just I mean can someone say parallels and metaphors it's just ah I'm there for it yes I am aware it's very obvious and very on the first layer but come on this is this is the shit I live for this is the shit I want to see this is what makes this is what gives me happy tears yeah right yeah and then she opens it yeah like to me this scene started pretty much yes as I said I first screamed hoping that Chloe's awake and then we see that she actually is awake and this is like the most shipping moment I have ever had in my life (laughs) when I just screamed Decker Star forever which I know that you hate the name but like to me this like if there's any indication of them ever being a couple in the future it's this moment the moment where that everything just all the boundaries are off and they're like extremely vulnerable with each other and open and it's it builds just... up to that like yeah and this is what makes the scene so good because it's not the okay so now you you have 20 seconds and yay now we have a romantic moment it's very gradually building and she unwraps the gift and mm-hmm. she's like oh my god it's beautiful what is it which perfect reaction it's like okay it's beautiful i have no idea what this actually is so i can relate to yeah. this type of reaction and then lucifer explains that it is such a Lucifer thing to do and say that he took the bullet that she penetrated his body with had it made into a necklace and then gives it to her as a memento because he probably will never penetrate her. He says, I thought that since I'll never likely penetrate you, I will commemorate the one moment that you penetrated me. It's so good. Like It's seriously. so it's so very Lucifer. But also what I wanted to say is this is something that probably was not an expensive gift, but yeah. it's priceless. You know, like 
these types of gifts which are very much thought through and it doesn't matter how much you spend on them as long as they are personal and they're specific for that person it's worse than anything else in the world and this moment and this reasoning behind this necklace is just great and i really really hope that she's gonna wear it the final moment in this scene when they embrace And then the camera moves away and you see them. Like she's sitting on the bed with her legs on the bed and he's sitting on the side of the bed with his legs down on the bed. And they form like this this triangle basically when they hug. Mm. And she he's wearing black, she's wearing the white shirt. And it's just, it's such a beautiful shot. It's very and cinematic, also, yeah. Also the, the color combination, the body positioning, his head placement on her shoulder, everything. And the build up to this. Like this is this is happy tears. This is warm heart. This is this is what I want. This is give me Decker Star or call them whatever the fuck you want. But this is the type of happiness that I want to see because it is earned. It is based on something it has evolved to this moment and then it's just it's a perfect ending like this episode is one of the episodes that have such a brilliant end because it leaves you with such a satisfaction mm. had to say this <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah of course in general this episode was absolutely brilliant it was funny and we got to see some real good comedic bits but we also had high stakes and because we love and care about candy it actually worked for me that i was worried about her and thanks to candy being in this episode we got the backstory there and it was a well done one it kept me engaged and it answers a lot of my questions that i had about candy before and it answered them well and we then we saw chloe being sad and we saw her and lucifer getting closer even if it's only as friends at least for now and the gift and everything and what we just talked about for the last 10 minutes in this last scene it just opened them up towards each other so much that no matter what happened between them up until now this scene if i take it completely out of the story and like disregard everything that i know what's gonna happen this scene gives me a hope that they might be a couple one day which is something that i did not have for the last few episodes because they were just so indifferent with each other except obviously for the maze episode so that was a really really beautiful moment for me and of course the very important thing to both of us we have learned more details about ella's life which still not enough but it's something very positive so i don't think i have anything negative to say right now i'm actually just really really happy with this episode and i wish all episodes made me feel this way everything about this episode is wonderful callback of candy more time with ella though for the record i still need a proper episode on just her oh no that's exactly what i said as well yeah 100 a genuine and caring lucifer emotional development of chloe the usual good beans linda and dan character depth for all great writing with hilarious one-liners and jokes and of course all the heart and warmth I could ever ask for. I wouldn't be me if I didn't have a complaint. And so my only complaint at this point is that I 
already know that we will be back to the unreasonable character positions that I have come to dread in season three when we go into the next episode. But I will try to hold on to the memory of the quality of writing and the quality of development for both story and characters. Because this episode is proof how not just good but great Lucifer is and can be as a TV show. And I am just going to hold on to the hope that season three will also get there. And with this we say thank you for listening. If you are curious, find us on the various social medias. We love interacting with you either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash taotpodcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards from early release to hours of bonus content. Yes, hours. If that that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews. They really, really help. Or telling all your friends about us because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.